It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Another edition of Technology Expresso Cafe. Here we engage the community in engaging conversation around STEM education and IT careers and technology. I'm your host, Dave Blackman, here with my co-host, Jacqueline Sanders. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode. And let me tell you, we have a special guest with us today, but before we get to him, let me do a little homework here and let everyone know that all of our shows are archived, and you can always reach all of our archived shows at www.technologyexpresso.com. We've got a lot of stimulating and educational uh, programs and conversations that we've had over the past year, and I'm sure a lot of them will resonate with you or someone you know, family members, children, nieces, nephews, anyone that wants to get into the IT industry, or not even the IT industry, just for motivation as a whole. It's a, these are good shows and great educated and uh, people that we've interviewed in the past, and I'm sure something will resonate with you. So tonight, without further ado, our guest tonight is Mr. Curtis Jenkins, uh, senior, a senior project manager with Keystone Foods and also from the BDPA chapter in Philadelphia where he is on the advisory board. Hello, Mr. Jenkins. Hello, hello. How are you guys? We're doing fine. Thanks for joining us this evening. Well, thank you for having me. I, I really do appreciate it. It's an honor to be here. Well, awesome. And it's, it's always good to, to talk to you. And, and one of the things that I say about our show, we get to catch up with our, our friends and let a few hundred people also eavesdrop in on the conversation. Because whenever we talk with you, Curtis, we're, we're always energized and, and stimulated and stimulated in the way of STEM, S-T-E-M, that is. But, you know, it's always good conversation about, you know, positive, progressive things, um, looking to the future and, and, and success, you know. Um, and so it's always exciting to talk to you. And uh, last time we saw you was in D.C. We were all energized by the BDPA conference. And so I uh, want to cover a whole plethora of things. Um, and so I'm going to jump right into the, the conversation. Um, and, and I want to actually, uh, I was even thinking to myself, uh, as we set up the show and, and you made time on your schedule, it's like we know about each other and, and see each other at the conference, but sometimes, you know, there are things that we don't know about each other. And so I wanted to dive into Tell us a little bit about your career, Pat, and what brought you to where you are today, the successful brand that you are. So talk to us about that. Okay. So uh, my foray into IT started about 20 years ago, where I started where most of us start, uh, in the data center. Well, now data centers are dark. 
but uh, at that time, you start off in a data center, you're mounting tapes, you're doing backups, and, and you're doing a bit of troubleshooting. Uh, apparently, I did that well because I was promoted to computer room supervisor, then to technical support, and then moved on to uh, become an application developer. This was all in within uh, Bell Atlantic at the time, which is now Verizon, and it was part of a program called Qualified Community Resident. So there was the uh, community initiative, and I, and I bring this up because we're going to talk community later, that allowed me to uh, get my entree into um, IT. So immediately after that, um, I moved from uh, programming and application development into project management. At the time, I was at a crossroads where I could take a technical track or I could take a more uh, non-technical track but uh, have some technical aspects of it but more on the people side. It was recommended by mentors and by my, my management that they thought I'd be a great project manager. So here I am 15 years later, projects as small as uh, half a million uh, a year uh, with companies that uh, have revenues from a half a million a year, companies with over $12 billion a year, and projects and programs over $10 million under my management. So I would say that I'm a level three project manager, which says that I'm at the top of my game, um, and my trademark is I turn vision, well, I'm sorry, the art and science of vision to reality. That is, I use my soft skills and my hard skills to create the vision of a company and turn it into reality through my planning and execution skills. I love project management because it's a portable profession. I like change. I like uh, the opportunity to, to engage with many different people. I'm able to go with a breadth of industries and not in a specific area or function. And so it matches my personality, and I've been doing this now, like I said, for over 15 years. That is a beautiful thing. And, and, you, and you said a mouthful. I, I was uh, jotting down, you know, keywords that you were saying. I, I love that. Did you say a portable, yeah. uh, um, portable profession? profession? I love that. And, and then how you kind of aligned it, how it marries with your, your personality. I, too, can relate. I like the, the change, the flexibility. Um, I like the dynamics of, you know, um, being there from the vision all the way to the, the implementation. Um, and the other thing that I want people to, to really hear, too, is that you love your job, that you, you're passionate about it, you're, you're, you're here tonight talking to us about it. You know, we run into a lot of people who are miserable, and, and not every aspect of the job has to be fun and games, but if you, you're passionate and it aligns with your personality, and there are so many opportunities in IT, and like you just talked about, you came to a crossroads and you had an opportunity, whether you want to go down that, that people track, and clearly you've got a uh, people personality. Um, you know, when you walk in a, a room, when you talk, people listen. So uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to let the audience kind of get a feel for the, the person that, that we know um, and uh, to kind of grasp, you know, what Curtis has just said about his career. You probably could do many things and yet you, you found uh, a place using IT that kind of technical, but uh, applying that and, and also, you know, being able to be around people. And, and something that I read in your, your profile, you mentor a lot of up-and-coming uh, uh, project managers, the, the young people. Can you share, because we have a, a rather young audience as well, some up-and-comers, um, what advice do you find yourself giving the, the new PMs or the young ones that you're mentoring? What maybe are some misconceptions or some things that, that, that you can kind of help and, and share it on a broader scale with, with young people who are looking at that PM role? Sure, sure. Um, before I answer that question, I, I just want to comment where you talked about uh, enjoying what I do. People that don't do, enjoy what they do, they go to work. I go to my occupation. So I just wanted to say that. <laughs> um, You're creating a new vocabulary for us here, Curtis. Okay, no, we're both starting this down. Occupation, all right. I like that. Continue, please. 
Okay. So in mentoring, uh, there, there's broad there's broad areas, and then there's um, specific to the person and their type and their personality types and who they are. But from a broad strokes perspective, the one thing that the first thing I teach people is to learn how to listen. You know, many times people are waiting for their opportunity to jump in to say what they're thinking or feeling. But I, I find that the the biggest leadership category that that's helped my career is the art of listening because uh, you, you gain so much and, and you're able to, uh, for me as a mentor, I'm able to listen to truly understand how you're communicating to me and what you're saying because many times people say words out of their mouth, but what they're really trying to get to, only a person who listens well can help them get there. The other thing that I while I'm mentoring, is do what you say. So the way to gain trust is to do what you say. So if you're a good project manager, if you want to be the best project manager, you know, understand what it is that you have to do, know your craft, but, and then execute by doing what you say. Now, it's okay if things do not go the way that you've planned them. I mean, we, we talk about planning and executing like progressive elaboration. You liken it to when you're driving at night with your headlights. You can only see but so far. So when you get to the point that you've seen previously uh, when in, in your car, you might come to a crossroads or some other situations. That's okay. It's how you handle it going forward to still meet the goals. So do what you say. The other thing that I do is is I try to lead by example so that, as I'm mentoring, I'm not going to tell you to do as I say, but not as I do. And, and that's very important. And so, you know, it, it, it's important for me that if I'm going to have a following or people that are going to have trust in me, um, it's important that I, that I actually do what I say. And then finally, well, it's, it's probably more, but the one thing that I want to make sure that that, that I impart on the audience is that I teach people that they must build relationships. Many of us want to use the word I in terms of our success, in terms of things that we execute, and we are individual contributors. But I tell you what, it's the power of the group. And if you have a positive group that you work with and in the right relationships, whether you build them within your company, outside your company, it is tapping into that body of knowledge that's going to help you get to where you want to get to faster. And so as a mentor, these are the values that I teach, and, and, and the overarching value is have fun while you're doing it. And so this is, how, this is my approach to mentoring, and you know, as I'm mentoring, I'm also learning, and that's where the individual comes into play. Uh, there are many individuals with individual talents, and I actually become a better person by, by providing that mentoring one way, but also that receiving some mentoring, sometimes indirectly. People don't know how much they're teaching me when I'm interacting with them. So, you know, I, I hope I've answered your question, but that is my approach to mentoring, how I do it, and, and the, the key values and, and areas that I focus on. Uh, you, you most definitely answered my, my question and then more. Um, and, and, you know, something that I, I picked up from what you said, too, is it's just that lifelong cycle of learning and, and being hungry. And, and um, like you said, it, it sounds like that's something that you've never stopped. And, and, um, and again, you know, that's advice for, for others, always looking for that continuous self-improvement type thing. And as, as much as you give of yourself, um, uh, you're also being fed from just that uh, giving back to the, the community, which is a big part of, of the Curtis Jenkins that we know as well, because I know that you've been a part of BDPA for, for quite a long time. As a matter of fact, how, how long have you been a, a part of BDPA? And I've been a part of BDPA since 2002. Okay. And, and, and my, my question, I, the, the, the reason why I ask that is, 
what would, you know, I, I like to kind of rephrase questions in a different way instead of just, uh, just straightforward. But my question is, is what would the, the last uh, 10 years or so, I, I think you said, um, be like had you not had BDPA? Take that out of the equation and, and kind of back us into what is BDPA meant to you? Wow. Uh, you asked me a very hard and scary question, and I say scary <laughs> because <laughs> if you say back out BDPA, what did the last 10 years look like? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what that path would have looked like, but I do know with BDPA in my life, uh, it has been an amazing ride. And so, um, so I'm going to talk about that piece because that's not as scary. Uh, since 2002, I, I joined the organization and right away uh, understood that in order to get, you had to give. And so I joined the local chapter and became the VP of Professional Development, which allowed me the opportunity to create the monthly programs. It, it allowed me to create the topics and then seek the people to speak. And that was fun because being a people person, it allowed me to meet a whole lot of people. In fact, one of my current business partners uh, came from a meeting that occurred in 2007 that I met uh, through, through uh, BDPA and, and that exercise. Just to give you an example, because there's so many examples, I, I can't give you all. Immediately, I moved in to become the uh, VP of what's business management, and what that really is is that I was elect, I was president elect. I was elected by the local chapter to be the president, but I had to serve two years to learn the operation of BDPA. One thing that I, I would always impress on people when they get into volunteer organizations and they take these roles, you're in a business role. You're learning the business of the organization. So sometimes it may even separate you from how you feel about your day-to-day -day interactions with the community and why you joined the organization. But you gain so much in learning how to run a business. And, and, and why is that important? Because as I took on these roles, uh, President of Philadelphia Local Chapter, and then uh, at the national level, Vice President of Strategy and Planning to set the direction of the organization, and currently Vice President of Membership Management, where I, I uh, define the strategies for recruitment, retention, and reclamation of, of, of members. This, uh, these roles have allowed me to, and, and to summarize, quadruple my income. And I can't even quantify the network that it's provided for me. Uh, so at the time in 2002, I know what my, my I would say my revenue is, my income and revenue uh, and I know what it is today, and a lot of different things happen um, in between that uh, allowed me to get to that point. So my last four job opportunities came all from BDPA references. Um, and so it, it, it's that network that, that allowed me to grow. Um, whenever I am uh, speaking, for example, I did the commencement ceremony for DeVry University this past June. That was because of BDPA recognition. Um, when, I was eight, when I was at the Philadelphia chapter level president, we won chapter of the year four years in a row. The marketing that that gave me as an individual in Philadelphia uh, in total was, was, was tremendous. And I, I'm still writing off of the the opportunities that were created by the Philadelphia chapter and under my leadership, I'm still writing off of the reputation that I've built uh, for uh, serving in the organization. And so, again, I can't imagine BDPA not being there. So as I look forward to my role in BDPA, I've termed that I'm going to move on to ambassador. And what that means is I'm no longer going to work in the operational aspect of BDPA. Now, people that are, I will be there to mentor, but I will be doing things like I'm doing right now, and that's talking about BDPA, how it can work for you, how it can work for us, how it can work for the community and all its stakeholders, and, and I will continue to spread that message uh, and as, as far and wide as I can so that I can make a large impact on the community and the country at large. 
Wow, that's fascinating. That's great, Curtis. The country, I'll say, needs more ambassadors like you to spread the knowledge and spread uh, uh, the opportunities and the networking opportunities that BDPA can create for the African-American community. So I wish you success in that venture. Uh, I also I also want to uh, move into your role in the Philadelphia chapter and what the Philadelphia chapter is doing now, especially around uh, um, uh, you know its uh, impact on the community and its cap- uh, the things it's doing for the youth of the uh, Philadelphia community. Uh, what are the type of programs that you had that you had there? Uh, what we know overall that's the HSCC, the high school competition uh, program, and the uh, the youth technology camp. What local programs do you guys have there that that are uh, in, engaging the uh, the youth of the uh, community? Please. I would say currently uh, it is the focus on the the sites program, which is uh, a comp- uh, which is. HSCC is a component of high school computer competition. CITES is a student information technology, students and information technology education, I forget the last S, my apologies, but it's the overall umbrella for the organization. Uh, anyone listening can find out about uh, the details uh, in www.bdpa.org. However, um, our current focus for Philadelphia is on the on the uh, high school computer competition program, or I, I should say sites, which also includes the youth technology camp and, and the opportunity to uh, work at the national conference. So Philadelphia has done very well from the professional standpoint. From the high school computer competition perspective, uh, we have not placed in the top five, but that's not how we measure success. The way to report to our advisory board is that what we want is to get 75% of the students who participate in our programs into an accredited college and in scholarships, and we meet that goal every year. So we, we, we participate in the competition and have not won it, but uh, we, we do measure that we get these students into college. Now, what the, the way that we do it is we teach basic web technology as well uh, all, all the way through advanced uh, technology concepts. And we, we leverage the curriculum uh, of the high school computer competition program. But what I do specifically is I actually uh, – come to the students and teach the soft skills so that we make a well-rounded person. And that's what we focus on, the well-rounded person. So I teach BDPA history, uh, I teach etiquette, and and I teach uh, how to to engage uh, resume writing skills, um, interview skills, networking skills. And so although, uh, again, if, if we're measuring success, we measure success on the whole person versus not just the competition, and, and everybody who works in this program uh, is a winner. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I, I'm glad that you brought out, again, those, those key points. Uh, first of all, um, you know, the program itself is giving them exposure um, and, and then just kind of feeding that so that they can pursue further um, and something that you said that you guys are marrying the soft skills as well as the hard skills. It's funny because I've done professional development for the adult side here, even in Atlanta, and some of them um, missed that opportunity to to get some of that early grooming. So the sooner you give it to the the young people, they understand that um, marrying those two, you know, make you know that soft skills and and their hard skills of communication. Um, having that etiquette, you know, that makes them a triple threat as, as far as when they're out there and marketing themselves. So that's another thing about the, the, the program. And like you said, it's not just winning. It's it's about the exposure. Um, and from there, them and, and the success stories we've seen is they, they've taken that um, and leveraged that. Uh, and furthermore, like you said, the other piece being the, the scholarships. 
And and I wanted to ask, in your opinion, because you you've been with the the program, you've seen it over the the years, and now I think more than ever we're hearing a lot about STEM, and and we I said we because we're kind of in that that market, so it's part of our conversation clearly. But um, on a whole, how do you think? I just want to kind of get your impression. Uh, the, the young people that you're seeing come to BDPA and sites. Um, how is the community doing as far as their awareness of STEM and, and that conversation of STEM um, in the Philadelphia area? Do you, would you give them a, a passing grade, or would you say that, you know, are they on the fence with it? I mean, is there there's still um, a lack of understanding about STEM and its importance at this point in, in our community? Wow, you are really putting me on the spot here. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I, I'd like to think that um, I, I, I like the term, I use the term opt-in. So those who are aware and opt-in, they get a passing grade because when you opt-in, you, you become aware of it and you do something about it. Uh, you engage, and you understand that at the end, this is going to be beneficial for you. Then there are those that don't opt in. They are aware, but they don't opt in. And that could be a number of reasons. That could be societal. It could be economic, environmental, uh, in some cases political. It it could be a number of reasons. Um, So I, I would say the people that are aware smaller uh, minority of people that opt in and a larger uh, majority that chooses not to opt in. Now, I always say if you don't opt in, it's okay. Just opt into something. And so when mm-hmm. people leave the program, um, and, and, and if we don't stay engaged, I don't know what they've opted into. So I don't know if they just took a different path. So then the other half is those that aren't aware, and that's the job of BDPA. I mean, it is our job to make ourselves aware. What kind of grade will I give us? Uh, again, I, I'd, I'd go right down the middle and see, because I know that we can do better. We are a volunteer organization, and people are applying and leveraging their passions and do the best that they can within the time frames that they have. We have competing uh, areas in our careers, uh, our families, uh, other community activities, and, and, and also things that we want to do with ourselves. So that's the continuing drive and the continuing mission. So I'd, I'd hate to give us a, a great passing grade, but I'd also hate to fail us because there's a lot of people doing the best that they can, and that, that's the drive. That's why we, we continue to shoot for the A. Um, so, so that's that's how I would answer that question. Um, I, I think we're doing the best that we can, but I know that we can do better. Absolutely, thanks, Curtis. Yes, I, I know some of the challenges there, and one of the key points you you hit that it could be socioeconomical, a lot of different reasons why um, there's not more embracing of, uh, of what we're trying to do with uh, BDPA and the communities. And there's a lot of different factors. Philadelphia itself is a very blue-collar, industrialized type of city, um, and I know it could be a little challenging in that environment. My dad was a welder. My brother is still in Philadelphia. He's a welder. So uh, I can understand some of those challenges. So for the adult community there that you're trying to reach out to to, to increase membership there, uh, for those people we're bringing to the BDPA uh, uh, window for the first time, uh, as you know, this will be in our archives. What message would what would you say to those individuals that are on the fence right now? What would you say to them to get them in the door and to get them to contribute more time uh, to the BDPA Philadelphia cause? Sure. The the first thing I would say to them is, you know, what are your goals? I'd ask a question. What are your goals? Where, where do you want to be? And then the second question behind that is. Are the people that you spend your time with helping you to get there? And if you can clearly articulate your goals 
and answer the question that there are people that are helping you get there, then you're fine. But if there's a gap between the two, there's where BDPA is right there for you because these are the people that can help you get to where you want to be, specifically if your goals are around uh, STEM careers. And so then the second thing I'd say to them is you get out of something what you put into it. So it's not just being there, right? You have to be present. You have to be all in. And when you do that, when you do that, uh, then you're working with a bunch of people who are walking lockstep towards these same type of goals and what I mentioned earlier about building the appropriate relationships. So that, that's, that's the approach that I would have with somebody on a fence. We'll help you get there, but I can't help you get there. I, I liken myself to walking with someone, and I got my arm around you, you got your arm around me. Well, if one of us takes our legs and make them limp, then two of us are not going to reach that goal. And so mm-hmm. know what your goals are, and then you have to participate in getting there, and we can do that together. And when I say we, I'm talking BDPA, because that's how it's worked for me. So you've got to put in something in order to get something out of it. And there are a number, of, there's a plethora of opportunities uh, to work within the community to satisfy uh, our stakeholders, which is our corporate sponsors, our professional members, our student members, and our community at large, and even entrepreneurs. And so there, there are a number of things that uh, you can set aside some time to do to make an impact for the organization, an impact for yourself. Absolutely, well put, well put. I, I, I really, I really uh, put that really puts me at ease because, as you know, Curtis, I'm from the Philadelphia area. So uh, I think you guys are doing some fantastic things there. I love your website. You've got a great group of sponsors with Cigna, Aaron Gerald Affiliates, a.k.a. Group Pierce College, and DeVry as well. We're connected to DeVry here in the Atlanta area. So it really makes me feel at ease that the Philadelphia area is in good hands right now with BDPA Philly Chapter. Well, thank you, and, and we, we certainly are. And um, we, we, we strive for excellence in Philadelphia. And, and there are a number of excellent chapters around the country. And one of the things that I liked, and, and I, I would say that one of the things that lent itself to our success is we created some great partnerships, leveraging the best of what the chapters offer and then also mentoring on the best things that we have to offer. And so um, – you know, taking the Atlanta chapter, for example, you know, I, I enjoy working with the Atlanta chapter, the Chicago chapter, uh, the Washington, D.C. chapter. Each of those chapters have great things that they do very, very, very well. And so I, I, I say that to say Philadelphia's success is not just within Philadelphia. It is because the great chapters across the country and the things that they do very, very well and the things that we've learned – and and so and then also things that we do well that we've taught that makes this a collective that we can uh, make an impact to our respective uh, local communities. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and, and and by no means, Curtis. You know, when I talked about the the, the grading on a, a whole, um, it, it in any way, you know, I know that these chapters are. There's some great people in there, very passionate, that are giving their time. Um, and, and Phil, you know, loved the energy that we felt at the national conference um, and, and came away from it that here you have some like-minded professionals. Like you said, we all have uh, our own personal lives, and yet I see in blood, sweat, and tears and time um, people just giving to this organization that really believe in what BDPA is giving, and I, I just see that um, us always just striving to do better and better and, and to, to improve that, that grade on, on every front. Um, and so I'm really excited um, about, you know, 2014, um, and, and just one of the things that we always encourage people to do is attend the national conference. You know, the different chapters operate and, and have different specialties, but when you bring the collective group together, you really see the the power of of the whole, and and you know this last year was a, a great year, and I know you've been to 
to many of the, the conferences. And, and what would you say to even our audience about the, the national conference and, and, and investing and in attending at least one national BDPA conference? Wow. So, so here's what I would say. I would say what I said uh, at our last meeting, uh, our quarterly meeting in Indianapolis, and I, I explained to many of the leaders there that um, BDPA volunteering is like an electric car, and the conference is where you get your charge. So um, when we talk about member benefits for the organization, the conference, to me, is the number one member benefit because of the series of programs that are put on at the professional level the series of programs that are put on at the student level, the opportunities to engage with our corporate sponsors who are looking for talent, the networking and the relationships that are built, and even the social interaction. It is well worth, well worth what I consider uh, the cost, I call it tuition, because you learn so much. I mean, BDPA at, that, at the conference is like a college, uh, you, you, you learn a lot, but you also learn through the social interaction. You know, people say it's not personal, it's business, but business is personal. When you build the appropriate relationships, then, then, then I mean, if you're an entrepreneur, it's, it's going to help you out because you're, you're with industry leaders. And people, when they build personal relationships, they won't forget you, especially if you are good at what you do. Uh, for a student, I would say attend because there's been many times that I debrief with corporate sponsors after the conference, and they're either pleased or displeased based on the number of students who attend because they are there to get talent. That's, that's what their investment is. That, that's why they come to BDPA. They provide money, prizes, um, technology, uh, support, direct and indirect, because they want access to talent, and that student pool is, is a large pool of talent that they're looking for. One of the other BDPA membership benefits outside of the conference, but it leads back into the conference, is our talent database. If you are a BDPA member, you must get your resume into the talent database, and you can go to www.bdpa.org to get there. And then once that information is in there, when you are at the conference, there's a career fair. And so during the career fair, that's when you get to get uh, on-the-spot interviews, and we've had n a number of stories of people who've gotten jobs and, and scholarships. There's the one young lady a couple years ago who on-the-spot the Navy, and, and correct me if I'm wrong uh, with the number, but I, I believe she got a scholarship check from the Navy for $180,000. And so she was prepared for that by doing the things that she needed to do. So go to the conference. That is where you're going to get your charge. And just like uh, you were saying, Jackie, and you were saying, David, how, how, you, and how you enjoyed being there and the energy, you get that energy and you can run your car for another year. So go to the conference. This year it's going to be ne – next year in 2014 it will be in Indianapolis. Absolutely, and I, I believe there are some early bird specials going on right now, uh, so people don't need to, to sleep on it. You may think, why are we talking about this now? But I, I did that intentionally because I want them to go to the BDPA website um, and, and go ahead and get that early bird special. I go to several professional conferences, and thank goodness uh, my organization helps pay for and augment the cost because they are, can be very costly. You for the price you pay for the BDPA conference, it is it, unfathomable. I, I'm I'm so impressed with the the quality, um, the exposure, the networking, um, the camaraderie. It, it's just all there. If you, uh, for whatever reason, frustrated or your your career not where you want to be, come there. By the time you leave, you'll you'll have direction in your life. I promise you, you'll you'll be inspired in one form or fashion, uh, whether it's through the conversation or just the caliber of people that that you're interacting with. And but I love this year. You know, I, I when the young people were doing the parade, I called it the United Nations 
uh, of uh-huh. uh, the HSC. You know, I mean, it was just it was a, a beautiful coming together, and just like the globalization of you know that IT brings. You know, you could see uh, the the different teams and the various talents. It, it just was the the best of the best, and and that's probably you know it, much credit to the high school students. Uh, wish they all could be the number one spot, but there's there's some heavy uh, competition there, and uh, that's preparing them for their careers once again. So, just very impressive, and and hope that people um, you know do go out to the uh, bdpa.org website and find your local chapter. You know, and, and this is the beautiful thing, even about our show, Technology Expresso. You know, we met at the the conference, and we're miles apart, but we still have that connection. We we can still have you know, conversations and, um, you know, have a network that goes beyond just the Atlanta chapter. You know, um, I dare say if I drop into Philly at one of the meetings, I, I would feel right at home, you know, from the, the people that we met at the, the national conference and, and hope someday my, my travels will, will take us that way. So, you know, um, the, the other thing that I want to point out is and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Curtis, you're a lifetime member. Is is that correct? I certainly am. And, and, I certainly am a lifetime is, member. So tell us, you know, so that that speaks volumes in itself. Number one, you put your money where your mouth is. You know, you're not just pumping up the organization. Um, you you've made a, a commitment um, and and want to be a part of this for the long haul. So, so talk us through your decision and, and what you say to other people about making that important decision. Okay, absolutely. So my, my decision to be a lifetime member could be looked at as two parts. There's the business side and then there's the emotional side. So BDPA is an association, and we do associate. And you talked about the camaraderie and the network. So those are people uh, – that I want to be around for the rest of my life, which is why I said I'm moving to an ambassador role and I will always be touting BDPA. So that part was the emotional side. That was easy. On the business side, if a membership is $100 and I'm with the organization uh, for 10 years, I've basically paid for a lifetime membership. So why not take care of that right now? And so a lifetime membership is $1,000. And I know that I'm not going anywhere, so I, <laughs> I just say, hey, let me make the investment now. Let me let everyone know that uh, this is a commitment that I want to make. It benefits me. It benefits the organization. So it was just an easy thing to do. So that, that's why I'm a lifetime member. Now, one of the perks of being a lifetime member is that you, at the conference, you get to participate in the Founders Club. So our co-founder, Earl Pace Jr., uh, will will meet with you uh, at a reception, and uh, you get uh, sort of like the Hall of Fame, right, except you, you, you purchase your way in through your membership, but uh, you get that, uh, that opportunity to mix and mingle with other lifetime members, those that are new and those that, are, um, that, are, that have been lifetime membership, members before. One of the distinctions that I have, and, and I'm very proud of it, is that the Founders Club was created during the year that I became a lifetime member, and so I'm a charter member of the BDPA Founders Club. So I have a pin that was created by uh, Mr. Earl Pace, and uh, that pin says it's a charter member. So if there's a such thing as BDPA memorabilia that will be worth something <laughs> in the years to come, uh, the unique pen that I have, being a founder, uh, a charter member, is is something that I'm very proud of. Uh, absolutely, and, and and you know, very impressive and and, and very inspiring. Absolutely, um, and the the other thing that I, I wanted to, you know, a lot of our audience are other uh, chapters of BDPA, but I, I want to emphasize, and especially to our audience, those listening to the the archive is something that you even said earlier, is that it's important to opt into something. You know, it's almost like you, you can't, it's not good to be a spectator, uh, especially when it comes to your career. For many people, they have found a home with BDPA, and we, we welcome you with, with open arms. 
but whatever it is, either before, during, or after, at, at some point, opt into something. You can't sit on the sidelines and just uh, complain about what should be and, and what's not. You know, BDPA, you, you know, you talked about the, the, the history a little bit, Curtis, and I, I don't know if you want to, if you have enough time to, to give a little bit of a short history there, but, you know, it came at a time and, and serves a very important purpose, but it continues to, to look out for minorities and students. But I think you probably could, could share a little bit more of the history of BDPA, maybe who the target audience is, and, and how that has kind of evolved. What, what are your thoughts? Uh, I, I'll, I'll share some history without some of the statistics, because um, I'll admit when I'm teaching BDPA history, uh, there there are statistics that uh, the high school students must know, like uh, when the first uh, high school computer competition occurred and, and what were the first chapters to win. I believe uh, Washington, D.C. might have been that first chapter um, to, to win that, and it was created uh, by Dr. Jesse Bimley. But let me just go back. Uh, Mr. O'Pace and the late David Wimberly, um, what, what they saw was that uh, there was opportunities in IT that were not being provided to minorities. And so uh, this movement that we call BDPA was created because someone cared enough to say enough we are doing these jobs, we are competent, we are capable, we have the talent. All we need is the opportunity. And if the opportunities aren't going to be given to us, we're going to create a forum which we can exchange ideas in order to gain those opportunities on our own. And we're going to work with, our, with like-minded people, both minorities and non-minorities, to, to, to provide those opportunities. Well, that messaging, even though that happened earlier in the 70s, um, 1975, that message is still today. And so what we're talking about with respect to STEM and opportunities, um, collaborating so that we get those opportunities provided for us, that messaging still exists. Some of the landscape may have changed, but but the overall, uh, there's still this fight for the opportunity to compete uh, being a, a person of color and, and uh, you know, getting the opportunities to participate in all levels, especially the managerial uh, levels. So that's why our theme is from the classroom to the boardroom. So when we work with people, we work with, and our members, there's programs and services that go from our students all the way up to uh, people who are, are entrepreneurs or, or senior management. And so the messaging still exists. Um, I said that, that, the, that the organization started in 1975 based on uh, that mantra of classroom to the boardroom and, and, and diversity and inclusion before those were the words that were used at the time. And then Philadelphia was our first chapter. Um, so uh, that was founded in 1976. And then uh, I believe uh, Washington, D.C., Cleveland uh, soon followed after. And then you know the rest. Uh, we, we've been all the way across the, 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 the country. So it started in the uh, northeast and moved its way uh, to, to the Midwest and then spread throughout the country. And so we've had up to over 50, well, I should say, we had a number of chapters. I think we have about uh, 40 current chapters, but uh, we, we've had... 50 plus if you count uh, some of the student chapters that we've had um, uh, in in the year so so we we've spread and our goal is to spread more into the areas of the west which is part of uh, the go forward strategy you know getting more um, people involved with the organization in the western side of, of the country we have our Los Angeles chapter who's a big high school computer competition um, uh, chapter that, that focuses heavily on their students, uh, but we're looking to grow uh, in, in the Northwest as well. We had a chapter in Seattle and, you know, Nevada and uh, like Las Vegas and, and things like that. So um, we have a rich history uh, and the mission and the vision stays the same. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And, and and that's that's one of the things. So since nineteen seventy five and 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 I, I dare say that, you know, BDPA has groomed a lot of, of people, has helped them uh create their brand, has helped them with their, their soft skills and um there's probably a lot of careers that, that could credit BDPA. So when I, I talk about you know the world without a BDPA, uh, there's so many people because the, even in my my short period of time in the Atlanta chapter, I've seen people. And one of the things that I, I love is that we've given people even just a stage to speak to uh, demonstrate their expertise and and to establish themselves. And uh, I think find the the confidence in their voice to go on to. Um, uh, on that corporate stage and, and to speak up and uh, to be seen and heard. And so just uh, wonderful opportunities and many more opportunities to come. But I'm a little worried, and I want, I want to throw this, this, uh, this next subject by you. And, and we're starting, you know, I, I hear a lot of talk about this, and this is around STEM and that uh, the newer generation, they're consumers of technology. They like the gadgets and the toys and the phones and the, you know, so on and so forth. But getting them to um, look toward that as a career path, they're not quite getting that piece yet. And yet I'm, I'm almost feeling very concerned because the job market of the future in some form or fashion where the lucrative career paths are going to be um, are going to be STEM, so it, it's not going to be optional. It's going to be almost mandatory that you have that that competency and understanding, and um, in some ways can tie whatever industry you're in. Um, you know, technology and and STEM and science and math engineering. It, it's permeating all those areas, and so many new pieces of technology are coming out so fast. You know, um, it's almost how would you avoid it, you know, in the careers of the, the future. So, you know, I just wanted to, to get your, your thoughts and, and, again, tying that back to BDPA, their mission. We had a strong uh, call to action at the uh, 2013 National Conference uh, around STEM. And, and so maybe just talk about STEM, what you see down the road, um, what's your message is to young people when they're t- thinking about their careers and education and higher, you know, going into to college and even preparing for college, what's some of the message that you might say to our, our, our young audience about um, the importance of STEM as you see it? Ooh. <laughs> this is where I'm starting to feel old. <laughs> I, I, I once was a young person, <laughs> And and the way that technology changes, uh, and also our attitudes are changing. Sometimes I feel like the best messaging comes from from young people. Uh, however, you know the the most disconcerting thing for me is that our corporate stakeholders will send either me a direct message or send to the organization that you know a message saying that they want to hire. Uh, a student, an intern, or someone someone young, uh, entry level, that has some basic technology skills or, or a specific skill. And when I can't fill that job, I am so upset because I've done two things. I've, I've failed to uh, get the people within the organization uh, that need to be part of the organization and then I failed to fulfill a request from a corporate sponsor whose sole purpose for being part of the organization is to try to source that talent and, and, and to, to, to network and, and relate and, and grow talent. And so um, we are constantly trying to figure out ways to bring young people to the table to, to let them understand that uh, there's a lot of hard work in getting where you need to be. And I, I think – that may be one of the values because, you know, one thing that technology does is it makes things easy for us. And one of the reasons why generations always look down on other generations is because technology has taken out the toil. And, you know, you could probably relate to the fact that when you see your kids or, or younger people, you say, oh, those, those, those folks are lazy. 
I know for a fact that my parents used to think that I was lazy and, and so forth and so on when I talked to my great-grandmother. So technology has afforded us the opportunity to get things done quicker. It's reduced our timing on expectations. And so one of the challenges I see is that bringing um, people to the table is that it is hard work. You, you have to work to be the best, to be recognized, to be selected. And so how do you incentivize young people to want to do that hard work. Um, at our conference, we had the honor of having Roland Martin as our guest speaker. And he told a story, and, and so we've taken this story to heart. And that is, he had a friend, a CEO, who went to speak uh, to some students. And what he wanted to do was, he was afraid to show his success. He wanted to dress down, and go into the classroom and be humble and then talk to these kids about being him. And so if you look at the, the way that our kids are exposed to certain things through the media, our kids are exposed to the things that are fast and shiny. And so we talk about our athletes. We talk about our entertainers. We talk about uh, those that, that have success, you know, even the rappers and the boxers, but they work hard. You don't see the back the backdrop of it. They work hard, but they wear their bling. They, they, they wear their success. And so Roland suggested to his friend to have the kids put out on the lawn and to drive up in his limousine, show these kids that they want to be like him. If they want this success, now I got your attention. Now you, can, you, you want to hear how I got to where I am and how I can show up to your school in this limousine. So BDPA has taken that to heart. Uh, we listened to Rolling, and so now we're taking a different approach, and we're okay with talking about our salaries. Uh, we're okay with talking about um, how we got there and the things that we have, our homes. And when you think about where we are, you, you hear this all the time, the statistics about the top 1%, the top 2%, and the top 3% in the country. Well, IT puts people in the top 3% of the company uh, and of the country. And so you got a number of people within the organization, within STEM careers, who for all intents and purposes are wealthy because they are the top 3% in, 3 in the country according in, in, in their uh, status of wealth. So one of the messages that we are starting to put out there is that you know, when you hear about this widening gap between rich and poor, IT can help you close that gap. STEM can help you close that gap. And so now we're not being so humble about uh, the, 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 the rewards of a STEM career. We're, we're being more open about it. And so that's the approach that I'm taking to young people. And, hey, it is hard work, but you'll, you'll end up in the top 3% of the wealth in this country. You don't, you know, you don't want to be the statistic that's not there. Uh, and so that, 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 that's our new messaging uh, with BDPA with, with young people. And that was given to us by Roland Martin doing his, uh, his speech at, at our conference. Absolutely, absolutely. That's great that you point that one out, Curtis. I share that story every time uh, that how important it is to to meet the children almost on their terms. Uh, if you, you, right. it, it's a two-way street. You got it. If you want them to come up, you have to take a few steps as well. It's so important. No, absolutely, and and and, and thank you for sharing that story. And, and something that I, I want to reinforce too, something that you said is that I myself even have had uh, some positions for internships, and, and it is it's very painful when you can't find someone to fill those positions. Um, and I dare say to our listeners, again, the reason why you need to engage and listen, I actually will have some upcoming openings for internships, um, even in the uh, months of uh, January. Um, so if you're getting out of college or graduating college in December, um, you actually can apply. So email us. You can reach out to me at technologyexpresso at gmail.com. 
But tying that back to what you said, uh, Curtis, specifically, that that's really, it hurts when you can't find viable candidates to fill uh, jobs. You know, you're trying to give a job, not just a job, but an opportunity, because an internship is a great way to get your foot in the door, to, to fill your way around, to see and, and find where your spot is in IT, because there's so many different things, and you can't tell it from the classroom. You've got to come in, uh, you know, see your way around, um, and, and find where you're comfortable in IT. Um, and then also you get the mentor, my personal mentorship, of course, but uh, <laughs> that's just a bonus. But anyway, I say all that to say is that there are opportunities in IT. There are organizations like BDPA that go coast to coast. There are people like Curtis Jenkins, David, myself, and others that you've heard on this show who we live to help. Uh, young people get their careers started and um, even exceed our level of success. Um, we love sharing our success, being role models and coaches, but we're, we're, we're willing to tell you all of our secrets so you can take it even to the next, next level. Um, and so, um, you know, we're here for you. There's some, some great opportunities, um, and uh, we're going to do everything we can uh, to, to get the word out. Um, and uh, and that's what the last 60 minutes have been all about, us sharing this time, uh, allowing uh, Curtis, allowing us to have the opportunity to pick his brain for us to uh, kind of uh, throw some questions his way and him share his philosophy ideas. And, I mean, I think the role of ambassador, it was, it was made for you, and um, I'm looking forward to uh, to you sharing that that message and bringing in others, and we want to invite you back. I hope it wasn't too painful. I didn't throw you too many curveballs, but we hope you will come back and and join us and continue to to bring us updates and insights based on uh, uh what's what's going on in your side of the world. Oh, I I, I thoroughly enjoyed this and. Any time that I'm able to talk about uh, the things that matter the most to me, I'm, I'm, I'm energized. So I welcome the opportunity uh, today and any opportunity to speak. I am grateful that you had me uh, on the show. I think what you guys are doing is wonderful. I am a fan and supporter, so I'll do whatever I can to uh, – to, to work with you to spread this message uh, for for our respective values, because really it's our values that are driving us to do what we do so that we take care of our community. So uh, I, I'd say that we are brothers and sisters in arms uh, to, to rise up, to raise our community, uh, and this is a great forum that you guys have created. And so I really do appreciate this opportunity and any future opportunities to continue that messaging. Fantastic. Thank you, Curtis. It was great talking to you. And, uh, of course, our microphone is always open to you, as we like to say. And everyone that, uh, that, that didn't get the opportunity to listen in live know that this, this uh, conference and this, this uh, show is archived at www.technology. I can't talk all of a sudden. Too much espresso, I guess. <laughs> com, where we are giving it to you hot, fresh, and fast. Mr. Curtis Jenkins, thank you very much for joining us this evening. And so this concludes another episode of Technology Expresso, and we look forward to talking to you again. Uh, and uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us and supporting us. Visit us uh, on Facebook. You can go to technologyexpresso.com. You can find our Facebook, our Twitter, our LinkedIn. Uh, follow us and look for our lineup of other great shows. Uh, very soon we will be having Craig Brown, the national president, uh, starting in 2014, uh, national president of BDPA. He's going to be sharing uh, his insight into BDPA 2.0, so you want to listen in on that as well. And also, uh, he would like you, if you hear about BDPA through Technology Expresso, he said to email him, and he's going to have uh, some uh, special incentives yes. for those who hear about BDPA on technologyexpresso.com. So we will continue to partner with BDPA um, and continue to um, 
have them uh, as regular guests on the show. But that concludes tonight's show, and we thank you, everyone. Thanks, everyone. All right. Thank you. Good night. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.